did take the time after some pro- poking and prodding in um, Chinese water torture <laughs> to um, to listen to this offering of of Kanye West and um, excuse me, what did you just call him? Kanye West. Put a little um, bass in your voice. Kanye West. Um, <laughs> to the second installment of the Ruefully Speaking podcast. If you're new to this or true to this, this show is a bi-weekly podcast hosted by me, Miss Angela Rue. I'm here to give my views unfiltered, unapologetic, and black as fuck. The life I live comes with a pretty interesting story, so let's talk about it and let's jump in um, again. Uh, what's up with you? What's good? It's your boy, Uncle Judah Don. We back in this thing. Um, yo, I am like legitimately exhausted. I didn't... <laughs> I drove for um, 16 hours this weekend. I went back home to Chicago or back to my second home of Chicago to see. I'm born and raised here. This is true, but I became a grown ass man in Chicago. So I went back up there to see my guys, um, see my chapter. It was homecoming up at good old NU. We did not win the football game, uh, but I did have a great blackity black ass time. Okay, so, okay. You know, that's how it goes. You live to tell the story, so you hear in one piece, you know what I'm saying? So it's really good, you know? Um, for me, I really didn't do too much. Well, I lied. Um, <laughs> actually, I, I, I got a chance to meet a legend last night, a, a legend in hip-hop. Who'd you meet? Um, I, I got a chance to meet um, one-third of the greatest I don't give a fuck what you say. Greatest hip hop group of all time. Um, I got a chance to meet Ali Shaheed Muhammad of a tribe called Quest. Excuse me. Time out. Pause. I've been here (laughs) in this house. Yes. (laughs) In this studio. Yes. (laughs) For over an hour. And you were just now telling me that you met Ali. Yeah, I, I met Ali Shaheed Muhammad last night. Um, I went to, uh, he has a cro- project with another phenomenal musician called, um, his name is Adrian Young, and it's called The Midnight Hour, and they put out an album, and it was uh, last night at the record bar, they had a concert, and I went, and I mean, I bought The Midnight Hour uh, album on vinyl, so, you know, me, you know, I was like, I'm gonna go ahead, and I'm gonna bring it with me. Hopefully I can let them sign it. Hopefully they have a meet and greet. And so, you know, it was a really dope concert. Yes, there were infusions of tribe in there, even though it's not a tribe project. It was a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful experience because if you're into musicianship, if you're into live instrumentation, you would have like completely lost your shit. Mm. Had your face Mm. melted. Mm. All of these superlatives you Mm. can think of. Mm. But um, Mm. funny story, I was walking in and it was like, okay, Casey was colder than a bitch last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, walking in, you know, it's a one-way in, one-way out situation. And the doors opened at 7, but they made it look like the concert started at 7. So I'm up here hustling, trying to get my ass down, down the street because, you know, Celine Dion was in town last night too. So downtown was kind of a shit show, right? But I'm walking in, and guess who's walking past me? Ali. Ali Shaheed Muhammad. And I literally... All I, all I said was, hey, <laughs> that's all I said. I, all I could think of to say to this man who, you know, actually was not much taller than me, um, which is kind of actually ironic. I thought he was much <laughs> taller. It's always like that when you meet somebody that you that's famous, like, you're 
actually not as tall as I thought you were. Um, it was weird because like he walks past me. He's in his playing clothes. He's not in his performance clothes. Adrian Young is not in his performance clothes, but they both walk past me. And I'm just like, hey. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, holy fuck, fuck, that's the man. That's the dude. That's the guy. You know, but, but I played it cool. I, I kept it, I, so, I chilled. So this is, so this is twice now. <laughs> and within a month to have robbed me a fangirl experiences, a fanboy experiences. I'm just saying, like, in general, it was the craziest thing. So after the concert's over, after the concert's over, you know, they have the meet and greet. You know, they have the merch table. They sign and shit. So I, I pull out my vinyl, like, you know, so I get over there and say, yeah, we're going to be in that back corner. While y'all up here bullshitting up front, I made a beeline to that table to be first in line. I was like, I'm not waiting. So I get up there. You know, he's like, you know, really gracious humble dude like he's exactly the way i had envisioned him the same person he presents on record right on re well he's not for those who don't know me if you you know be under a rock or maybe born after you know a certain time but ali shahi muhammad was really like the dj he's the you know, like he was like q-tip is a producer and an mc but ali shahi muhammad was kind of like the dj kind of like the dude that was kind of like the glue that held everything together yeah and so he didn't really rap so his whole thing was basically like the soundtrack, the beats, the production, him and Q-Tip collaborated on those things. And so like, but he's also a phenomenal position. He plays drums, he plays bass, he plays piano. He does a lot of different things. The man is just a renaissance man of all kinds of musicianship. So I'm back there and my dude, like he's just ridiculous. So he signed the vinyl and I was like, oh my God. So I was geeked. I was having a good time. That, that's that's basically how my Monday went. <laughs> don't be salty. Don't be salty. I mean, these random things don't have me. I live my life and I mean, you know, if randomly I bump into hip hop legends. You know, all could see my face right about now. I'm just gonna be over here with my, my You know, wife, you know that face out. that your mama make when she he hit me with a Kevin Hart face with the can't like, whoop you because I wish you would. She can't put her hands on you. Can't argue with you. Can't yell at you because you did what you were supposed to do. But Tamara, the salt level is at an all time high. I'm sorry, I didn't mean. You know, it was one of those random things. You know what I'm saying? So to you, know, you, my friend, I give the hardest. Of eye rolls, neck cracks, and teeth sucks. I mean, do well. I'm, look, pause on the teeth suck. That sound right there. <laughs> All I'm saying is like it was a beautiful experience, and you know he smelled delicious. By the way, this nigga. Moving on. Uh, yeah, ah, the same. Dude, why do I care I, about how? I, I, pause. I, look for the ladies out there. A good smelling man will do things to you, and you, and you woo woo. Anyway, woo woo. Um. Yeah, so that's my little story. For, Speaking you know. of woo-woo-woos. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for my favorite section of the show. Really? It is. I love the, I look forward to this moment every week. Uh-huh. <laughs> every week. Okay. So it's time for the, the blackest, blackest shit I, I saw, saw this, this week. week. Okay, so um, what was the blackest shit you saw this week? So... You know, with Halloween coming just a few days from now, actually, this show is going to be published on uh, Halloween. Yes. Um, 
great. This is fantastic. So the, the blackest shit I saw was this black teacher and her blackity black ass students hit the hallway with a Bluetooth speaker to that. Dun, 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 oh, yeah, that's dun, right. Dun, I saw dun, it was dun, a, it was a, a flash mob. Of... It was the flash mob of Thriller. And it was dope. And they hit every move. They sure when did. I say every move, I mean every move. It was amazing. Even down to the left, right, with the, left, with the, left, left, with the, with, right, the, left, the, the, the right, 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 yeah, with was, the crossing lines. It was dope. Like, they did it exactly how Michael Jackson did it the in little, the video. With the, the, little, the shake and everything. The little shake, clap, shake, clap, shake, step, shake, step, shake, step. What? I mean... Come on. They were there. Come on, I've been trying to. I've been trying to figure out what school and who this teacher is because I want to go back to high school. Right. I like, want to go back to high school. Like, if I was in high school at that time and just saw that happening down my hallway, I'd I'm be getting like, in. School spirit, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm getting. Nah, ain't even no school. But I'm just saying. Y'all sitting a, on the sidelines. I know I might choreography. Join in. Mm, I might uh. join in. So I want to go find this school and join them because we got Christmas, Valentine's Day, and Easter coming up. And I feel like. Well, you know, the holiday season, just stretch, the stretch is coming. And I feel like there's black songs for each moment with iconic choreography to go Absolutely. along with it. Absolutely. You know, like, I want to hit the boys to men, let it snow. I am still looking for three other gentlemen oh, to go out with me on a snow day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> to go sing on a hill, to go sing Let It Snow by Try, boys to men. You going to hit that Wanye neck? I, we, we doing it in the studio, y'all, but, you know, yeah, all that. Yeah, I can sing better than that, but. I'll right. So, yeah, what was first. the blackest shit you saw this week? Oh, my God. So, um, in my former life, I wanted to study journalism, and huh, this man here, <laughs> shout out to Mr. Isaiah Carey of Fox 29 in Houston, Texas, who, this man, I found this on The Shade Room, and actually, Jamel Hill shared it through her Instagram. And when I tell you, this man, actually, I'm sorry, forgive me, Fox 26. Was it Fox 26? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Like Fox 26, Fox 29, Houston people, if you listen to us, feel free to correct us, whatever, whatever. But Fox affiliate in Houston, Texas. This man read the whole fuck out of this babysitter who got busted having sex with an 11 year old that she was. Uh, babysitting and he ended up well she ended up getting pregnant with his baby and what did he call her he called her <laughs> what did he call her the um nasty, the nasty trick of, of the, the year he called award. nasty trick of the week hashtag nasty trick of the week no it was the year it was the year it's well, nasty trick of the year award. all i'm saying is and he referred to her as a peasant if you get an opportunity just look up isaiah carey uh fox 26 houston texas just look up isaiah carey houston texas fox affiliate find it because I he has follow him on Instagram because he has plenty of other clips where he goes in on people and when I tell you he goes in on people it's profane it's hilarious <laughs> when I tell you this man just uh <laughs> he had me in stitches I cackled so loud I'll do you one better they don't have to go follow him all they gotta do is follow us cause as soon as this show hits the air Dash. guess what this shit going on the web. It's going on our Twitter. It's going on our social media. Yes. And shout out to those of you all who shared some of the blackest shit you saw with us. And so if you see anything on social media, in the real streets, in the Twitter streets, 
um, on the Instagram streets, wherever, whatever block you want, and you see some black ass shit that you think is really funny and you want to hear it, shout it out on the show, hit us up on Instagram at Ruefully Speaking. That's R-O-U-X-F-U-L-L-Y Speaking. And on Twitter at RuPod. That's R-U-X-P-O-D. Like, share that shit with us because we want to laugh just as hard as you did. Definitely. And have all the good time with it. So that's pretty much like the blackest shit we saw this week. But we about to segue into another segment. You know what I'm saying? So let's get into these uh, things that we talk about that we refer to as shenanigans. Yes, indeed. So these are the hot topics, you know what I'm saying? Things that we like to talk about. Things that y'all might be talking about. And things you may need to talk about. You know what I mean? So um, to start off, we're going to talk a little... You know, as usual, black excellence. As and, always. As always. Part of we, you know, we're gonna we gonna set y'all up to, to bring y'all down a little bit. You know what I mean? Hey. But um shout out to Premier Health Urgent Care. Um Premier Health Urgent Care is a urgent care center in the Hyde Park area of Chicago land, Chicago stand up. AKA the South Side, aka the black side of Chicago. <laughs> So this little group, I don't even say little because they're just, that, that's just diminishing them. But That this, money real big. That money's long, <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, this group of black physicians opened up an urgent care clinic and basically it is the first black owned urgent care clinic in Chicago. And but they opened up um, recently within the last couple, within the last week or two. And they accept all major insurance. Obviously, the lower they have lower costs compared to hospital affiliated urgent cares and ERs, which is really really huge um, for a lot of us who don't have health insurance. There's a lot of Black folks out here that are struggling with health care, so this is a beautiful look. And also, you know, shout out to having Black doctors treating people in the community. So, um, roll call real quick on the founders: Dr. Aaron Richardson, Dr. Michael McGee, Dr. Ruben Rutland, who are the founders of this clinic. They are in partnership with former Chicago Bears wideout, Dr. Gregory Primus, who, fun fact, orthopedic uh, surgeon, and he's the first ortho surgeon to be trained at the University of Chicago. So come on and go off. Real talk. This is a beautiful situation. So shout out to them for serving the community, serving underserved communities in medicine and all those beautiful black things. So in other words, if you are in Chicago and you're sick. Or it's time for your yearly physical or and or mammogram and mm-hmm. or colonoscopy. Yeah. You need to make your way right on down to Premier Health Urgent Care. And uh, the good old doctors down there will take care of you at a low cost. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or we think so, depending upon what you what medicine you need. <laughs> of course. Of course. And moving on into other black excellence. Um, shout out and congratulations to one Centoya Brown Long, um, the recently released um, woman who was actually serving a sentence for a murder that she committed in self-defense. Uh, she was released in August of this year. Her and her husband um, are expecting their first child. Um, and that is a beautiful thing. So shout out once again to Centoya having a beautiful life after release. Um, her husband, um, fun, we found this out recently. Her husband, um, known as Jay Long. Um, <laughs> apparently, this brother is um, a, an associate member of Pretty Ricky. Okay, wait, um, I've been holding it. I've been holding it. 
I, mean, I don't know what associate member means. Like, is he one? Of the, does he fill in on the weekends? Is he filling on nights? Like six to ten. He didn't pay all of his dues. I mean, is he like? Does he? Is he on the? Is he like part time without the benefits package? I think he's part time without the benefits package. Okay, I didn't. But know. apparently, there is a benefit because here comes a baby. So I wonder. I mean, is he? Like, I mean, he gonna need that maternity benefit. You know what I mean? So here's my thought. Here's yeah. my thought. Santoya so gets released. Yeah. And I know they've been married for a, a minute now. They've well, been we, married. We, we, I don't know. I don't know but either, got way, married. either way, Buddy got to it. They, Santoya got out and they got to them sheets. <laughs> let me let. <laughs> oh, stop. 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 Juicy, baby. You know what? <laughs> out of pocket, sir. Out of pocket. Way out of pocket. <laughs> you are so stupid. No, I think that basically, I mean, we. Oh, my God. Were they listening to Pretty Ricky when they made the baby? You know what? I couldn't be that person if I made music to 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 fuck to my own voice. That would be just. But he said he was an associate member. He could have just picked all. He could have made the playlist and but picked out all the songs he the wasn't in the studio to record to. Couldn't fuck to a song that I potentially produced or had parts in because I'm thinking, damn, he was really sharp during that. We had to fix that shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm we in mid. Fix that. I mean, I'm in mid. I'm in mid ride. You know, I'm in mid. You know, swerve or whatever. And I'm like, wait, that nigga was hella sharp. That nigga was hella flat. We should have fixed that. I'm going to be in my brain, so I can't be listening to my own shit while I'm getting down with the get down. You know what I mean? I can't do that. But um, the thing is, we don't know, and we really went, we really went through uh, and scowled these internet streets to find out when these motherfuckers actually met and when they actually got married. And we sure as hell couldn't find out, but there's a reason why, apparently, because... Miss Santoya was like, uh, y'all ain't gonna find out the tea on that until I drop my memoir. So, um, yeah, girls, be ready to buy the book and read the book. She gonna let all the tea be known about her and her Mr. Long and how they got this baby long. For my sure. body, oh, your body, you know what? <laughs> my body, your body, burning up. Stop it, stop <laughs> it. You know what? Out of control. I mean, again, I, I, shout out she to- She hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but again, shout out to uh, Centoya Brown Long and her husband Jay Long on their on their Ooh, baby wait. and all the blessings to come forth in that woman's life because she definitely deserves. Um, but uh, we're gonna transition to um, something a little bit more somber. Um, we've lost some pretty heavy legends some, in the poli- legends. In, in the political realm. So um, I wouldn't even just say in politics. I would say that in in civil rights in, 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 in civil rights in the black experience. I think absolutely. Um, the folks that we're about to talk about, and I think these topics are, are extremely hot. Um, these folks not only were able to be blessings, right, for themselves, right, or or for their families, but they took the blessing that they had and flipped it. I mean, literally flipped it for mm-hmm. their community. Um, so Kansas City, I want you to stand up and and do a quick little golf clap for one Miss Yvonne Wilson. Uh Yvonne Wilson represented the 9th District of Jackson County in the Missouri State Senate from 2004 uh, to 2010. She served previously in the Missouri House of uh, Representatives from 1999 to 2004. Ms. Wilson was born and raised in Kansas City. She spent 35 years as a teacher, um, principal, 
and in other positions for the Kansas City School District before before even talking about politics. Um, she was so deeply involved in our community. She, she served on so many different boards, including the City of Found, uh, Fountains Foundation, the Bruce R. Watkins Cultural Heritage Center mm. and Museum Foundation, lending time to the Sister Cities Commission, uh, sat on the leadership for the Missouri, Missouri Legislative Black Caucus and Missouri Legislative Women's Caucus. And shout out to both of them organizations because without neither one of them, me nor my mama would have our degree. But so she spent so much time just giving back to the same community that poured into her. Um, And we lost Senator Wilson um, a little over a week ago at the age of 90. Yeah, she, uh, well, you know, cheers to a life well lived. I mean, because 90 years old, to live to be 90 is a blessing. And just the longevity of all that is a beautiful legacy that she's left. And I mean, again, uh, condolences to her family and all those she's touched. So, um, and, uh, that's just, I mean, it's not, I can't be sad for that because when you live that long, you know, well done, well yeah. done. You know? I, I mean, it, there's this old hymn that says when the crying days are over, when the praying days are over, I shall see the King face to face. Yeah. I mean, and I shall wear a crown. Absolutely. So Put on my robe and tell the story. Absolutely. I went to church a little bit. You know, I'm not a complete. Either. How I made. Okay. Oh. Okay. Deacon. I'm sorry. That's one of my favorite songs. Deacon. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's keep going. Shout out to my fraternity brother, um, a legend, a legend. Absolutely. On Capitol Hill, to uh, Representative John James Conyers Jr. Um, of the Democratic Party. Representing all the way from the D town, uh, what up though for Detroit? He served as a U.S. representative for Michigan from 1965 to 2017. That made him the longest tenured congressman in the history of at his time of serving. Yeah, I mean, really. But he sits on the list of longest serving congressional members. Mm-hmm. He sits at six. And that's amazing. I mean, and to be a black man to have been voted in, I mean, Michigan is not exactly the, well, at the time, probably not the bastion of liberal thinking in 1965. So to have somebody come in at that time and be able to keep that seat for as long as he did, I mean, that's amazing. Serving the community. So at the time um, or during, I know at the later part of his service, he served as the dean of the house of representatives. So that's like, Pretty hot up there. I don't know exactly what the dean of the House of Representatives right. does. These titles are, are kind of like they sound prestigious, but I don't know what they. Are. I don't know what he does. Right. I assume he runs shit. He's he, he shit. ran something, or at least was able to be like, I'm the oldest motherfucker in here. Right. I've been here longer than all of y'all. So shut up. Follow instructions. You exactly. Know? Exactly. Like he knows the rules. Right. I, when I think about a dean, I think about somebody who enforces rules. Absolutely. So I feel like he was just like, I hold the gavel. I got the power. More like I hold the whip and the nine. Try me if you want. To. <laughs> <laughs> wow. More likely than that, yeah, I would say like, so. I can take both y'all at the same time. But, exactly, exactly. Um, he was also a founding member of the Congressional Black Caucus. Yeah, and the Congressional Black Caucus, for those who don't know, it is the pre- preeminent auxiliary. Um, that is, it's auxil- the auxiliary group of the United States government. I mean, if you're anybody who's anybody that serves on a national level that's black is probably a car carrying member of this particular auxiliary board and it is prestigious that he founded it. So he felt there was a need for it and made it happen. 
made it happen. I mean, that's incredible. He was 90 at the time of his passing. Again. And he lived a life as most snoops do, as most members of Kappa Alpha Psi always do. Oh. Um, <laughs> he lived a life of achievement. And in all, seri in all seriousness, uh, Brother Connors, we wish you, uh, uh, on behalf of the members of Kappa Alpha Psi, we wish you a peaceful journey to the Golden Shores, my brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So it's so somber. I mean, but these are these are you know these are lives that have been well lived. You know. And the last one I want to talk about, and in well, not all all the way. Uh, we got two more in memoriam. Is uh, one representative Elijah Eugene Cummings. Yes. So you know what? If you have been under a rock for these last, I don't know, about. 12, 16 months. Yeah. You just know, about. Elijah Cummings has been that dude. I mean, outside of Mother Queen Maxine Waters. Yeah. He has been the preeminent face of Trump. We coming for your ass. I mean, he served as the head of the oversight committee. Um, and obviously he is a representative or was a representative of the great Baltimore city in the state of Maryland, representing the Maryland seventh congressional district. And um, this man lived a very um, gracious life and of service mm -hmm. Um the son of sharecroppers from the South. I mean, and, you know, Howard University educated, uh, went on to law school, University of Maryland. Um, and immediately went back to his own community and started serving right away. Absolutely. I mean, touched worked, so many lives. Worked his way up literally from street organizing to the Maryland uh, House of Representatives. Uh, if that's what it's called, it, it might be the Maryland State House because that's how they call them on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. He might have, he might have, you know, served in the State House um, or in the State Legislature, and then in the '90s worked his way to Congress, and since then has been sitting there. Um, and at this point in his career, like you said, over the last 12 to 18 months, uh, him sitting at the top of the, as the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, that pretty much makes him the H and I C. Absolutely. As far as these investigations, yeah, and he's, he's well else known goes. for definitely the cross examinations of some pretty um, slimy individuals associated with that individual in the White House. Um, so definitely him between him and Nancy Pelosi, they have been gunning for forty five like no other. The Cheeto was fitting to get was fitting to get it with no vaccine. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, like we're getting close. The walls are closing in, but you know. It may be too little too late because 2020 is literally like listen, literally a day listen, or two away as, as, it as a poli sci as a poli sci major, November 2020, maybe only a year away, but that's a long time. Very true, very true. It's a long time. But yeah, he's he lived to be 68 years old. So in my mind, I do feel a certain level of of sadness because of the fact that even though this man had lived a very impactful life, he I felt like he wasn't done. I, I had I hate to say that the the pressure and stress of this presidency um, has the made work the, the work. work of trying to maintain democracy as we've known it might have been the thing that killed him and mm. I feel that a, a certain level of sadness because this man definitely served in the in the in the breath of what it means to be in order of government and upholding that constitution and not trying to, you know, bastardize it as some of these individuals have been in the white house. I mean, he, I think for all three of these politicians, I think they live out the words of the preamble, Absolutely. Like, like truly 
like for the people in order to make a more perfect, perfect union. Well, yeah, more perfect union. Like, I remember that. I had to learn Like that. truly working for that. Um, so when any person who is currently in a seat, so John Conyers and Yvonne Wilson were no longer serving, but right. whenever someone who is currently serving um, passes away, whether it be expected or unexpected before their term ends, um, the governor of that state has an obligation to set a spe- special election. Mm-hmm. Um, that special election, Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. Come on, Your out. special election will be February 4th, 2020 for the seventh con- for the seat of the con- seventh congressional district in the House of Representatives. So I need y'all to get up and go out and vote. I cannot tell you who to vote for, but all I know is, is that his wife, Miss Maya Rocky Moore Cummings, who is the chairperson of the Maryland DNC, is expected to run for the seat among other people. Yes. Please do your research. Please go to the town halls. Go make sure that the person who takes up the mantle for for Mr. Cummings is able to at least meet the rubber where the road ends. Right, because he was running this race. And really, the thing is, I mean, he ran the race. He kept the fight. And my thing is, I feel like there's anybody... If there's anybody that can carry that baton over the finish line to make sure that his work and his vision comes to fruition, it is indeed Maya Rocky Moore of coming. So I'm not telling you who to vote for, but uh, my, bet's, That's just our I, 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 my, my bet is feeling like, you know, wifey might know a little something, something about what her husband had planned to do. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I heard there was, so at the at the memorial service and the funeral, I know President Obama was there. Yes. Yeah, so and President gave, Obama did the Gave eulogy. a wonderful eulogy. He's never missed on, on these eulogies. Not at all. Not at all. I like, feel like in another life, President Obama could have been a really good preacher. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like a really good preacher. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yes, there was a, the, the eulogy was beautiful. The service was beautiful. It was definitely something that I feel like Elijah Cummings would have definitely been uh in in favor of mm-hmm. it, it was culturally right <laughs> oh you who know sang? what I'm saying who did the body I mean you know <laughs> what I'm saying like <laughs> you know, it was definitely you know I will say that look I'm pretty sure that they made sure to keep the remarks to one minute for those I mean they they made sure the family spoke you know, not out of turn like our raggedy ass funerals be when your auntie get up and spills all the family tea. Not to talk about my particular Mm-mm. funerals and family. I but, wish you would. You know, see, we put a timer. We put a timer. Yes. On the uh, pulpit. Like when we say two minutes, cut your mic off or give or say thank you, sister. You know, have one of the deacons come get you. No, 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 no. At <laughs> funerals for my family. If I'm not on that front row. At two minutes, all of a sudden, the sound goes down. Absolutely. And the organist just starts to play. Play softly. <laughs> Precious Lord, take my hand. Play softly, but so loud. <laughs> Let you know. Get your black ass off this thing. Move. Move. There's Move. other people to talk to, and we need to get to the cemetery before a certain time. Right. Otherwise. See, people don't realize these things. Anyway, we're getting off topic. But <laughs> We're um, on topic, but we off of it. Right. Yeah. So, I heard that mm. at the memorial... I had seen it. I seen it. You know, because you know, you got to, as as a family member, you either you you have it. You can do it as two ways, mm-hmm. right? You can either, as you do your processional or your recessional, 
you can shake the hands of, of those the, who came and of, like yeah. right you can do it that way mm-hmm. or the second way you can do it is when they say this is the final chance before we close the casket you know if anybody wants to come and so then they can they can hit you with the flood line mm-hmm. right where they just come down that front row and you just hand after hand after hand after hand and you just kind of look back and be like i need some sanitizer i need some hand sanitizer <laughs> <laughs> All these people was crying and sneezing. I need some hands and somebody wipe somebody wipe little man's nose. Right. <laughs> somebody please get me some. So, but anyway, so they're doing the handshakes, and one of the pallbearers, one of uh, Mr. Cummings' closest friends. When I tell you, I cackled so loud watching this. He hit the. He hit the. He was. <laughs> He shook everybody's hand, went down the line. Thank you so much. God bless Shake. you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Shake. Mitch McConnell, fuck you very much. I'm skipping over your ass. Skip. <laughs> he hit Wait, him with the Shannon what Sharp. We, skip. skip. What, we say, what we say when we play in our face, Tim, and skip you. <laughs> exactly. He skipped over Mitch McConnell's hand so fast. It was like, and Mitch McConnell looked so damn embarrassed. Because the, the funny part was. Chuck had, Schumer looked over at him and just was like, ah, I shook his hand and you didn't. Like, he looked at him like, well, damn. He had that look like, damn, nigga, what you do? And it was so funny because I'm like, honestly, that to me almost made my blackest shit I saw this week. Because think about it. Everybody got that one person that they don't really fuck with and they may come to the to the function, like a funeral function, and it's like, I really don't care to see you. I can't stand the ground you walk on. Burn in hell. And I really just don't want to even throw hands with you in the church house. But I kind of want to throw hands so, so I can keep my hands to myself. I will not extend a hand to thee. Pretty much. So in the Bible, it says, in your anger, do not sin. And I just feel like... <laughs> Mr. Rankin, Bobby Rankin was like, I'm I'm very angry. Mm-hmm. I'm at, I'm at, uh, I feel like his friends might have called him EJ. Mm-hmm. I'm at EJ's funeral. I'm at EC's funeral. That's the OG. Shake hands. He worked with you. I read about you. <laughs> he ain't say nothing bad about you. Right. Oh, you brought your ass up in here. You had the fucking nerve, you, the audacity, you, the unmitigated gall, man. Like, you had the, the balls. Fake, the bald-faced courage to come up in the... Okay, skip you, moving on. Right. But So here's what he said, because all, while we sitting here speculating, all of this is really true because it Bobby Rankin... He the shit. Bobby Rankin says straight up, I cannot put my hands... In the man's hand who refused to help somebody who served his country. And so to give context to that, to give context to that, um, Representative Cummings passed away of cancer and he was unable to get the health care he needed as a veteran due to some part of the law or policy, which Mitch McConnell has championed against. And Mitch McConnell... mm. He's the, for those who do not know, he's the Senate majority leader, which means he's the head Republican in charge of the Senate. When you hear Republican, you should think Cheeto. When you think Cheeto and you think Mitch McConnell, think about the little dog that goes in the bag. Or the devil incarnate. No, no, no. Because Mitch McConnell. Too much credit? No, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is the little puppy that gets to go everywhere and do everything the president says and gets to stay in that little bitty purse that purse that really or he could be 45's bottom no vaseline 
You know what? Great segue, Angela. Thank you for taking me right on out to LA, where <laughs> to the great city of Compton. I'm just saying, maybe you never know. Thanks for taking me to the great city of Compton, where the Marathon Clothing Company and the Fear of God Streetwear brands <laughs> have come together for a collaboration for the ages. When we talk about legacy, I mean, we really gonna let them see. So, in a joint statement from both companies, um. They stated that the collection includes a crew neck sweater, a pullover hoodie, sweatpants, and sweat shorts available in both royal gray, uh, royal and gray colors. The collection will be called the 08 Crenshaw Collection mm. um, in honor of our dearly departed brother and um, local icon and living or now past. Who's say local icon at Nip, this point? Nip, he's, he's a global icon. He's you're global right. at this point. Yeah, uh, you're right. Global icon Nipsey Hustle. Um, and here's the kicker. This is where the legacy part comes in. Every single dollar of the net proceeds is going into Nip's children's um, trust fund. That's great. I think that's amazing. I mean. And, you know, the thing of it is, I, I I will say that Nip, I wasn't particularly, I'm not going to sit here in front and say that I was a huge fan of Nipsey Hussle. No, I wasn't. I mean. I, I can't say that I was. But I was a fan of the brother and what his vision was for yes. his community. Um, he never, ever seemed to be the type of person to chase the limelight. Mm -mm. He was just putting on for what he knew. And he wanted to make everybody better. Um, he wanted to provide a legacy for his family and for the city of Compton and for his particular community. So for that, I will always feel a certain level of loss um, and uh, just appreciation. The vision was taken away from us far too soon. Right. I mean, and it just it just uh, it just goes to show that this amount of love given even at even in death um, just speaks to the 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 wonderfulness and the 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 just the the overall drive of what he was able to what he was able to accomplish in the short amount of time that we we had him here. Yeah, you know. Um, last thing is a shout out to our OG, our oh, mother, yes. our auntie, our friend, um, Big Sis. Yes, all yes. of the above. I mean, for those who don't know, I mean, like me and Uncle Jude. For those who don't know, we're poets. Yes, you by craft and by choice. Look, we out here now. You know. I know people sometimes eye roll, you know, no, the same Love Jones motherfuckers. I'm sorry. I but, don't spit like this. And I don't spit like that. I'm coming. Never mind. You know what I'm saying? I will say that, like, for us, Natasha Rhea Oscari, who is a poet, mother, author, friend, just overall kick-ass woman. Um, she is a Casey poet, and she has put out a beautiful offering recently um, that is available for uh, consumption. Um, for those who don't know, um, she, uh, like I said, she is a mother. So she recently did something which I thought was absolutely fucking amazing. Um, she recently put out a collaboration with her son, Nasir, who uh, is turning 20 years old. Yeah. Oh, wow, he's turning 20. I remember when he was young. Um, but it's called Mama Sutra. And it's literally love and love making advice to my son which is amazing. I think that the idea of a mother being able to have conversations about intimacy and sexuality and, you know, the the ability to have intimate relationships with women 
is a wonderful thing to give those types of impart that type of wisdom from a mother to their son is absolutely unreal. And shout out again to Natasha Ria Oscari. If you want to actually purchase this wonderful piece of work, it is available to uh, to purchase. You can purchase it. It is twenty five dollars. For those of y'all who need to have it shipped to y'all, um, you need to go ahead and add five dollars for the shipping and handling because you know how that go. But you can go ahead and hit her up on her website at www.natasharia. And that's N-A-T-A-S-H-A-R-I-A.com. So Natasha Ria. Um, you can also check her out on Facebook at Natasha Ria Elskari Poet. Um, we gonna yeah. get because Natasha has literally poured into this podcast. I feel like we should give her the whole promo. You can hit her on Cash App too. Yes. <laughs> you Natasha her- L. Scarry. That's N A or Cash Tag N A T A S H A L Scarry. E L S C R I. You know what? I'm going to read this again. You know, you can't spell for shit. I'll try that again. Sorry it's, for me. Okay, so literally it is the money sign N A T A S H A capital E L capital E. S C A R I. How about that? Okay, now do Venmo. Oh my gosh. So again, Venmo is the at sign Natasha N A T A S H A hyphen capital E L hyphen capital S C A R I. She also has Zelle, which is Natasha L. Scari, and PayPal. At N is in Nancy, R is in Romeo, E is in Echo eight one six at gmail.com. Um, so it says use the friends and family tab. So whatever that means, Natasha, uh, she especially has special something special for y'all. So definitely take a look at this book. It is amazing. She's always amazing. She's uh, a friend to the show, and we love her. So we wanted to give her some love. Casey, stand up as usual. Auntie, I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't, spell, name, I couldn't spell. I couldn't. I can't a, spell. A, this, the words were too small on the screen. You need to get your eyes I need checked. to get new glasses. Mm-hmm. And Angela keep filling up this cup with special water. I don't fill up nothing. You filled your own shit up, nigga. No I'm blaming you. No one told you to bring Heineken on the book. I'm no. blaming. This nigga has a whole you. can of Heineken in this wine glass. How black and bougie is that? Exactly. Anyway, y'all, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to go ahead and do a segment we like to call Let's Talk About It. So we're going to talk about it. And we're black and back here live in Middle Earth Studios for our next section of the show that we like to call Let's Talk About It. This is the part of the show where we really jump into um, a topic or two that really just has our ears burning and our conversation um, our conversation flowing. And over the weekend, uh, our good, I don't know. Our yo, good, our yo friend. No, he's not even a friend. Um, our dearly departed brother, <laughs> our brethren, uh, one Kanye Amari West dropped his ninth studio album, uh, "Jesus Is King." Mm. And before we get into the nitty gritty of Kanye and his coonery, for no, that's the word I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose. There are better words. Um, 
Kuhn is king. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. So let's talk about Jesus is king. General review. What you feeling? Um, I felt uh, I did take the time after some pro- poking and prodding and um, Chinese water torture <laughs> to um, to listen to this offering of of Kanye West and. Um, Excuse me. What did you just call him? Kanye West. Put a little um, bass in your voice. Kanye West. Um, <laughs> I said it, uh, and I will say that as always, one thing I will never ever take away from from him is his ability to uh, create production masterpieces. Um, so the production on it was absolutely amazing. The music was always sonically just like it's like a movie my guy it really is um i mean and it's really ridiculous in the terms of what he's able to do and create in that realm however however what you mad about i do not feel that you needed to push that album back a week only to make it as long as my cardio workout. <laughs> like you only do cardio for twenty seven minutes. I mean, I'm lazy, and, I, and well, actually, I mean, I'm not even lazy. I'm blessed. They say I'm physically blessed. So what Bernie Mac say? I'm I'm not hung low. I'm, I'm big bone. You know, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm not big bone. I'm just, I ain't I'm, scared I'm, of you, I'm, motherfuckers. I'm, I'm proportioned. I'm proportioned, and I'm blessed. You know, with good genes. So all I need to do is make sure I'm on the elliptical for 25, 27 minutes, and I feel like the album, from an artist standpoint, was way too fucking short. I felt like it was a lot of incomplete thoughts and a lot of simplistic, generalized ideas in terms of the album. Counterpoint. Okay, counter it. Well, my general review. I'll give the counterpoint in just a second. My general review. Um, I think as a regular album, when I put it into the hip-hop albums of 2019 because I cannot compare them to 2018. I don't do that shit. I am the type of person that if you release an album in the calendar year 2019, I'm only going to hold you up to, for the most part, other albums out of 2019 unless you come out the gate with something that we call a pure classic. And I think this album does not hit that level. It does not get... It doesn't get a five mic review. Hell, it doesn't even get four mic review. For those of you who are too young, go, uh, go Google that. Because um, I don't have time to explain. Go to the source. <laughs> ah, but the pun is. Anyway, so as a general rating, like out of 10, I'd give this album like a solid 7.2. You're general. You're generous, I should say. I'm ah. giving it, but but I, get, I do that because I combine, I combine when I give my album ratings, I combine production, lyricism, what's the flow of the album, how do I feel it, like is there a clear concept and so production really strong Lyri- lyricism lacking in multiple areas oh it was super lacking concept I mean, concept though I mean look the concept is Jesus concept, you can't really I mean Jesus is dope concept oh. is dope <laughs> the, the you're convey- such a t-shirt you're such a fucking t-shirt <laughs> <But> <laughs> you, you teed it up for me so I had to take that home run Any, but like the like, how does he convey that concept? And I think it was clear, right? With but it was so Sunday School Basic to me, though. So Sunday School Basic, I would say, and here's my counterpoint. Sunday School Basic is where he is. That's where he is. He's, I don't know. It, uh, 
I don't know where Kanye is on his faith walk, but all of us are at different points. And some of us are still at this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Other of us, some of us might be, you know what? I'm a city on top of a hill. Everybody going to know. it. It's different levels to this. How? So I think general review, like you said, the production was really cold. Um, and this is from a fan of the show that they said that this album makes... Uh, makes his top five from a production standpoint because he mixes the conceptual album or the conceptual style of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and the sonic sound of 808s and Heartbreaks. I mean, into, I believe, I can agree with that. In, into one album. Now, where My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy had all of the lyrics mm-hmm. and the production, like it was a complete album where 808s and Heartbreaks was like, oh my God, from a production standpoint, we just can't miss this. And when you look at the producers... For the show or for this album, you don't miss because you have Kanye as executive producers, like the people who were consistently there for almost every song. Kanye, Timbaland, Pierre, and Ronnie J. I don't know who Ronnie J is. And you know what? I will say this. Shout out to Timbaland. If there's anything that I would say was an absolute standout to me was how Timbaland was able to stretch creatively in this album oh yeah like because the thing was i the thing that made me really really raise my eyebrow and be like oh shit was the fact that it didn't sound like timbaland and this which is, is which lets me know that he's evolved as a producer mm-hmm. i mean because you know everybody has their signature sound and timbaland unfortunately like because of the times where we're at in music you know timbaland's at this situation where it's just like He's so damn respected and so well known that it's almost as if people can't even afford to be in his stratosphere. But so here's the thing. That while that's true, that is absolutely true. But he had to he challenged himself. He challenged this. himself. But I think the challenge was for Timberland, can I make can can I make the soul sample relevant again? Because Facts. when you look at the great producers of our era of Boom Bap um to to jiggy music to jiggy music which is like the mid to late 90s and the early 2000s we survived off of the soul sample where we're taking and for those of you who don't know for other hip-hop heads the soul sample is where you literally take samples from where you take the sample and you chop it down pitch it up screw it and flip that thing to make a great hip-hop beat. Some of our greatest songs come out of soul samples. Absolutely. Like, some of our greatest songs. Like, the first one that popped in my head um, is Mob Deep. Absolutely. Broke uh, uh, Lost Ones Part 2. Oh, you're talking about Shook Ones. Shook Ones, I'm sorry. Shook Ones Part 2. That's a soul sample. Right. I mean, honestly, you can go down the line. I mean, truth be told, I feel like the with Kanye... His quintessential soul sample is through the wire. Oh, d- I mean, by quinti- far. Quintessential. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you got slow jams. Yeah. But I mean, when you talk about his introduction to, you know, I mean, he, and obviously he did work on Jay Z's album, and that's how we got introduced into Kanye as a producer. But the way he was able to flip a soul sample stood him or made him set apart from so many other of his contemporaries and it was just like he perfected it yeah like kanye literally is the master arguably is the master of the soul sample right so my question to you is like okay so like going back to jesus is king favorite tracks favorite tracks for me um 
I really like Follow God. I think the production on it, the message of that song is like really, really clear. Um, I saw this, I saw this funny tweet that where somebody was playing Follow God and underneath it, their pastor texted him and was like, yo, turn that shit up, fam. <laughs> like, That's right. I, but I think the message of the song was really good. I really liked everything we need, not just because of the Todd Dolla Sign sample, but literally the message and the idea that um, as followers of Christ, as, as God's children, as the creation uh, and the image of likeness, we literally have everything that we need in this moment is already inside of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really liked um god is because of because of the soul sample of the old gospel song god is mm-hmm. and my honorable mention is um every hour the song that opened up the album it just came in with that high energy it just it came fresh it came clean um but i think my favorite songs the songs that i named are my favorite songs because they're they fall in that gospel realm but they're pure they're purely praise albums mm-hmm. or praise tracks, right? Where it's just like, I'm going to praise God for who he is and for what he has done. It's not even getting into the level of worship. Like, it's just purely praise. Like, God is awesome. God is great. You know, let us thank him for our food. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I have a funny story about that. Like, my, my, my niece and nephew used to, like, pray really like a slow prayer. Like, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. Nigga, if you don't hurry the hell up so this food's getting cold. Anyway. Right. You but, better say Jesus wept and keep it moving. But it, <laughs> right. <laughs> but for me, I would I, I tend to align with you on favorite tracks. Follow God by far, by far is my favorite track. What makes it so social? For me, because it's like I, I, I have a really um difficult I have a difficult love hate actually like I have a hate relationship with gospel hip hop as a genre because I find it I find it slightly corny. I'll be honest. Like gospel I do. I find it slightly corny because to me gospel hip hop is almost like a it's it's it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I don't when I think of gospel, I want to hear the gospel that I grew up on in the sense that like, yo, I want to hear somebody that's like big cankles, been through some things, some slow moaning and some, and some, some growling and some, and I want to hear, I want to feel mother Shirley Caesar in my spirit. I want to hear some like really uh, some Mississippi mass choir. I ain't tired yet. I want to hear that. I want to feel that. I'm not tired yet. I want to hear that. I want. I mean, when I think of gospel, I think of like you know, like I mean, to to make it more relevant to today, I want to. I want to. I feel like I want to see someone like Fantasia have her shoes off in the pulpit during uh, during Mother Aretha Franklin's funeral, singing, singing. Might but, I? But I will say that for me, hip hop and gospel. There are really good artists. Like, obviously, Lecrae is the standout for that because lyrically, Lecrae kills. Like, he's without... He got bars. But just something about it feels a little lacking. I mean, hip-hop's kind of dangerous. Hip-hop is kind of like no holds bar, no filter. Tell it raw, real how, how it is. You know what I mean? Might I submit to you? May and, I may I impart what behooved <clears throat> me was. Well, I'm a I'm a gonna, what behooved me. No, I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> may I submit to you that one, hip hop allows us the ability to speak on 
whatever our personal reality may be. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's where we see this intersection or this opening for emo hip hop, for the moans of Kit Cudi, for the mumble rap of the Migos, for the sing-alongs of um, your little Uzi Verts and the soul in the sorts. And it also gives us the space for gospel rappers to come in too. Can you start skirt to hold my mule? I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't make me try because I really, I, I could probably. Are you going to try it? Okay. I could probably figure it out. Okay. But I also think, like, you said something that's really interesting where you said hip hop is dangerous. Well, being a Christian is dangerous too. It's, it, you still have to be unfiltered. You have to be committed. You have to, you have to tell it how it is and tell your story. And like I said, you know, hip hop allows us, um, DJ Cool Herc said this, so you're not going to be able to argue it. Oh wow! And DJ Cool Herc, and DJ Cool Herc is the um, progenitor because I will not say father because there are some women who were in that as well. But he's the progenitor of hip hop. He threw the first party. The SAT words. He he threw the first party, but he said it allows us an an opportunity to connect with each other one to one. So if it allows me and you, white, black, Hispanic, uptown, downtown, east versus west. Uh, America versus Brazil to connect with each other one to one. Why then doesn't hip hop give us the space to do that the same way through gospel? I get what you're saying, and I guess for me it's all really subjective. So for me personally, I just feel like hip hop gospel just feels very um, there's a cognitive dissonance there that I just really am not with. I mean, I just I mean, and I guess I come from a different I I come from a different perspective. My entry point into gospel is not this new age worship that we're in right now it's not new age worship well what i'm saying is i i come from a very like legit traditional almost southern baptist background when it comes to gospel music so for me i always separated my my worldly which was hip-hop from my gospel so it's just that's just like i said it's just me that's just me like if i feel like you know that's a personal thing for me Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to knock anybody that's into that. But for me, I just found, I find it a little uncomfortable in my, in, in for me. You know what I mean? I, I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Two points before we move. Mm. Two points before we move. Uh-huh. Your tradition and your separation will not save you. First of Jesus all. Jesus is the only thing that will save you. Okay, look. Number two. The doors of the church are open. Who will come? <laughs> Who will come? Number two, your discomfort, your discomfort does not guarantee you your comfort in heaven. Your I'm not discomfort saying it now does. I'm talking about, we're talking, about, say, the, we're talking about the comfortability of my ears. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't want to be. Discomfort I, I is want, a sign of Christianity. I want to, I want to back it. I want to back that ass up and ATL hold all I want to. But when I want to hold my mule and I want to total praise. I want a, want a separation. I don't like my food touching. I don't like my food touching. <laughs> I'm going to come back to that like when we talk touching. about Thanksgiving. But needless <laughs> to say, overall, um, favorite Yay album? Favorite Yay album, mm, that's hard. There's nine of them. Um, and like you said earlier, Yay never fails us sonically. But um, let me take you back to mm. a young 2000, and I want to say 11 is when that album came out. Was it? I'm pretty sure it was 2011. What? I don't know. You tell me. 
Uh, let's see. 2010. 2010. My freshman year of high school. I'm a cold Kanye fan. I feel old as fuck. It was my freshman year of high school, and this album dropped called My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And it was at that point that Kanye, he kind of ascended, right? Like, he had, Kanye had set himself apart. Like, he was, he had really set himself apart with, um, with the, like you call it, the mascot trilogy of late registration, homecoming, and college dropout. He really kind of. Wait, wait, skirt. No, we no. Wait a minute. We gonna act like you just said that we gonna school on past it. No, no. Get it right. College dropout, late registration, graduation. Continue. I don't have to put them in order. The mascot trilogy is the mascot. You said trilogy. homecoming. This ain't Beyonce. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> um, dang, I was wildly. Stop drinking your Heineken, sir. Out the wine glass. Um, out of order. Whatever. <laughs> Point of order. <laughs> Parliamentary procedure. I hear quote the wrong point shit. of order. Point of order. Um, no. So like he had set himself apart with those previous albums, and then there was um, 808s and heartbreaks, and everybody was like, "Oh, I can't rock with this new Kanye. What is he doing?" And I was just like, "Y'all don't understand." And then my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out, and what did you hear? 808s. What did you hear? Strings. What did you hear? Hi-hats. You heard it all. You heard these crazy lyrics. You heard crazy pockets. You heard the soul sample. And I think My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is Kanye's Illmatic. Fair enough. I mean... Like, it's his masterpiece. I would say, because of my entry point with Kanye, um, like all things tend to be, it's like when you fall in love with something for the first time, it's usually on... on like, for me, it, it was kind of like a love at first sight like a love at first listen for me. Mm -hmm. So for me, college dropout holds a special place in my heart when it comes to Kanye, because for me, college dropout came out when I was in college. Um, so the, the importance and the, uh, the context of which college dropout came out, you have to understand at the time, there was no one quite like Kanye West at that particular time because you have to understand that hip hop in its construct was typically a very urban struggle, you know, from the gutter, you know, we trying to make it type of way. And like, we trying to ascend to this, you know, jiggy era of we, we, we rolling up, we, you know, we driving phantoms, we, you know, popping crystal at the time, 2004. You, know, you know, and I mean, the thing of it is, Kanye represented people like me who we were suburban black kids. We were black kids that literally we were looking at college. We were out here trying to fill out applications and dealing with dumbass counselors who didn't understand our major and, you know, filling out student loan FAFSAs and, and dealing with admissions offices and, you know, the bookstore and all the bullshit that comes with college. And the college dropout album spoke to those experiences because I'm not a gangster. I'm not trying right, to be. Right. I'm just, I'm not a nerd either. I'm not square. I'm a hip hop head who happens to be out here trying to get the education. He made hip hop for regular people. He made it for us regular ass black kids who was just like, look, we ain't out here trying to like bust no guns. We ain't out here in the drug game. We're out here just living our lives and trying to better ourselves. But we have these interesting struggles that are unique to our experience and he spoke to those experiences i think that's the same thing for my beautiful dark twisted fantasy yeah right because we see in in that album like we see 
we see the semblance of college dropout. We see the semblance of late registration. We see the semblance of graduation. We see 808 time. Like, so we see this elo- or evolution of Kanye as an artist, and then we see it all meld together in this pot where he melds the beginnings of Kanye. He melds the Jiggy era and the ball of shot caller, and he melds the moans and groans of like your kid Cuddies and I have real problems and I'm just a regular smegular person who happens to literally like to listen to my music so loud that the person sitting next to me on the bus can hear what I'm listening to. Right. Like that was that album. Yeah. That was those two albums. Like if I had to rank yay albums in general, Mm-hmm. One, two, the one, two combo is my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, and then Kyle's dropout. Yeah, for me, it's always going to be. I feel like the mascot trilogy speaks to that part of my life where it's like it was just everything. But uh, the question really is for me, like, and I'll pose this to you, like, you know, in light of what's been going on with Kanye for the last couple of years, um, can we really separate? Can you separate the art from the artist? It's hard. I've found that it's really hard. And I say that it's hard because there are some instances where it's been like really easy, like mad easy. R. Kelly couldn't do it. Fuck that nigga. Fuck everything that nigga stands on and the horse he rode in on. <laughs> right? Chris Brown, I, I, it was really hard for me to still be a fan for Chris Brown until he apologized and started to show change. So- started to show signs of change in his behavior. Mm-hmm. As far as Kanye goes, I think this nigga is batshit crazy. <laughs> Facts. He is batshit crazy. And he still makes good music. And so I oftentimes find myself, and I think maybe this is the debate in me where you can have these really fucked up thoughts and say really crazy shit and i cannot fuck with you as a person but if you put out good product i can't deny the fact that you put out good product you know what i'm saying it's like and this is just my thought nigga you crazy i don't fuck with you as a person but i cannot say but i cannot say in full confidence oh kanye sucks because he Wants to fuck with the Cheeto. No, that nigga's politics suck. But his music is still really good. By any measure, by any means, his music is still good. Um, I have a difficult time separating it with Kanye in particular. Um, and I know that, again, always subjective. And I feel, in my opinion, the reason why, it goes back to why I love the college dropout so much. Mm-hmm. Because for a lot of us around that time, you have to understand that Kanye literally like embodied the thing that represented so many of us. Because we felt we were fans of hip hop, but there wasn't a part of hip hop that was reflected back to us in that way. Of us. That, yeah, that, that experience was not reflected back to us in such a way where it's like, yo... This cannot be denied. I mean, there have been times where there have been moments where there were dudes that like, and there were, you know, there were MCs that came out and, you know, they they had a little wave or whatever, but Kanye broke through in a way that nobody else prior to him had, not in that singular way. And so also on the heels of the fact that this is the same nigga that said during Katrina, Bush does not care about black people. 
That nigga's dead. And I mean, but what I'm saying is when you go from being that to then saying slavery is a choice, you have to understand the level of heartbreak and unrest and uns and, and just un, just completely how soul crushing that is. Cause he's it's more than just the music now. Because Kanye, whether he likes it or not, represented a segment of us. When he said Bush don't care about black people, he ascended past the music. He mm. that was a cultural moment. Mm-hmm. Because Katrina happened and black folks were literally drowning. And Bush was flying over his fucking helicopter and literally like circling around the niggas that were dying in the streets. And he said what everybody was feeling. And he had the balls to fucking say it. And it was like, yes, somebody fucking said it. And it was Kanye West. So he put himself, he he put himself beyond the music. So when you go from that to saying something on the adverse, so damn polarizing, that it's just like, it kills something. It kills something. And that's why I think some people have such issue in their soul there's such vitriol towards him that you don't get a middle ground with him. It's, yeah. it, you know, because you go from that point of view to then saying slavery is a choice in the midst of Mike Brown getting killed, Trayvon Martin getting killed, right. all these people getting right. killed by the police, and you right. have the nerve to say slavery is a choice? Fuck you! That's well, I, generally how we feel! So we saw... Yeah, no. Actually... So yes, it's, so it's fuck, really that, fuck that part of it. So it's really difficult but to separate that from the music. So it's, it's like, whoa. But it's, we know for a fact, we know for a fact that we don't live in a binary, right? We know we don't live in this very hard and harsh dichotomy, but for Kanye, and I agree with you, when Kanye said Bush don't care about black people, I was like, I, I was, I literally was nine years old. It was up there with Fuck the Police by N.W.A. Right, no, it is up there because was, I was, it was nine like years everybody old. thought it. Like, personal story, I was nine years old when I first heard that and that was my political point. Like, you could see me at nine years old just in the barbershop. I would just be like, Kanye said Bush don't care about black people and I like Kanye, so what you got? Right. Right? Like, what you got? And so at the same point, at the same point, Kanye says slavery is a choice. And I had to go back to the same barbershop against the same dudes and just go, you know what? Kanye has lost his mind. And here's the thing. And here's and here's what I say to a lot of people all the time. Number one, I believe Kanye needs to be, we need to figure out his medication. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. We need to, it's possible. We need to figure out his medication, even if he needs to be like Cat Williams' son out of Pimp Chronicles number two. What you think about saying some crazy shit? Well, why don't you do it? Because I can't, daddy. I'm just going to sit right here. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I think he needs, I think for sure he needs that. I, I Like, he has the resources to get himself um, the right help for whatever mental illness disorders he's facing. But number two, I think Kanye needs somebody to just sit there and be like, Kanye, what crazy shit do you want to say this week? He needs what Snoop said. He needs to lay his head on some black titties. He needs to lay his head on a on an on a auntie's chest, big mama, and somebody. Somebody, just needs somebody to, in Mississippi, Alabama, the Gulf Coast need to just lay up. I don't care. Off from your titties for him to lay up on he and let it out. Some, in so many words, Kanye needs just someone to talk to who's not going to give back their response or their thoughts on it just like okay kanye okay kanye not a yes man not a yes man like a sounding board a sounding board basically you're saying he needs a 
therapist. He needs a therapist. And I cannot say that he needs a new wife because I, I believe. But all of these things, I say all of these things to say that I think in hip hop and in culture in general, we get to this point where the crown gets mad heavy. Right. And everything is a fucking microscope. Everything we do, what from what we wear to what we say, who we're seen with, at Kanye's level, it's everything is under a microscope. And I think he needs to also, as Snoop Dogg said, put his cup down and back up off it. I feel you. I, and I guess what I'm I guess what I'll say is that as unfair as it is, because I understand that Kanye is just a man at the end of the day and he's just as flawed and and and, and contradictory as any of us are. I will say that when you when you look to somebody as someone who is aligned themselves or promoted themselves mm-hmm. as the forefront of a culture shift, mm. it, yeah, you know what I'm saying. You kind of you brought forth this energy that people are willing to rally behind, and we want to protect you as a as a community, as a black community. We protect we wanna, our own. And you so made it fiercely. really hard for us. To and do so, that. like, when, you made it impossible. Right. For us so, to like, do that. so the thing was, I mean, when when and when Jasmine Mans, a poet, Jasmine Mans, did footnotes for Kanye, the line that, and if you don't know what that is, go look it up. Jasmine Mans footnotes for Kanye. She literally said everything I ever wanted to say. But the line that stood out to me in particular that kind of encapsulates everything was when she said, how many kids wore Yeezys to the protest? None of them. How many kids knew the lyrics to your, to the songs at the protest? All of them. And as for somebody who was literally at those protests, I, and at those demonstrations for Trayvon and for Tamir and for Mike Brown and for Freddie Gray and Laquan McDonald and Rakia, like we knew all of those words. And Kanye made it Kanye makes it really difficult to want to root for him. I was I was talking to a friend of mine and I said, Hey, you know, Ye is um you know, Ye's finna release an album. They were like, yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of excited, but I don't want to want to share it. I don't want to share my excitement. I'm like, no, nah, I feel that. It, it felt muted because I, I feel, feel, I, I feel it's, like it's everybody... Hard, it's hard to be a fan of Kanye when he's doing fuck shit like this. Right. And I always have to say, like, I always have to say to my friends, like, yo, like, Kanye can say the craziest shit in the world. And I know Kanye's still not going to fuck with you, Sonic. Like, he's not going to fuck us over when it comes to the music. He's he's not going to fail us. He might miss the mark and he may not create, you know, not everything's going to be a dropout or be a My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, but it's going to sound good. It's going to be good music. Now, the question, I think the question still stands as to at what point, you know, because he hasn't given us any sorries or apologies. It seems like he's going strong on this on this kick. But at what point are we willing to say, or uh, do we get to a point where we can say, can we separate the old Kanye from the new Kanye and separate the new Kanye from the crazy shit that Kanye says? And for me, the answer is a resounding no. So let me ask you this. Do you do you still listen to Kanye? Um, I listen to some of the old stuff that comes up on, I mean, you know what, to be honest with you. When it comes up on my shuffle, because I have some things still left over, when it comes up on my shuffle, I mean, 
if it's like an absolute favorite, like, because, you know, there's some songs where I'm just like, those are untouchables. Mm -hmm. For the most part, I do skip over them. And I don't even think I think about it. It's not even something that I consciously skip over. It just subconsciously happens. Mm -hmm. Because it's almost like, it's like revisiting an ex. That you, yeah. It's just like, yo, we could have been. like Because it's like, what could have been if you hadn't fucked up? Yeah. That's cold. That's a crazy insight. And so I think I do the same thing, right? Ye has to... I don't have Ye on any of my playlists. Like, and you've seen my library. Mm -hmm. He's not on any of my heavily played playlists. Um, I think because of the algorithm of Spotify right now, he might make it into a daily mix or two. Mm -hmm. But like, he's not going to get played like that. I have to legitimately choose. And there are some days where I'm just like, no, this is a dropout day. Like, no, this is a life of Pablo moment. Like, I want to go listen to Pablo. Or I moments where I'm just like, oh, my God, it's so much going on. I go play my dude, Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah, I think the two songs I really don't give up too much is, like, I don't give up late. Late is not going to be given up. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, like, I just tend to subconsciously do it. And, I mean, that's just the sad part. Like, I mean, Kanye is a classic case of what could have been in terms of, you know, what more consciously or so culturally he could have provided in terms of yes. uplifting and edifying yes. black people. I think Kanye's culture shift is slowly and surely coming to a close. Yeah. I, I And I say his culture shift as far as bringing us 808s, as far as making auto-tune acceptable in hip-hop, as far as the soul simple, even to as far as um, when him and Jay really kind of stepped out of pocket and started, um, you remember that whole Samsung and the streaming service? Yeah, the whole beef all of that. that shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the like the streaming service that came before Magna Carta. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and which ultimately led to the beef. But I think all of those things, him stepping into the clothing line, that ugly-ass clothing line. Um, oh I think all of those things are slowly but surely coming to an end. And I would admonish Kanye to as snoop dogg once said put your cup down and back up off it come back to us in five or six years with an apology and another really good album and nigga we might fuck with you i don't know we might be past the point of return of no return with that no no, no. i we'll need him see. to put his cup down and back up off of it now <laughs> we'll see come apologize to us it's later. It's, it's, it's t it's tbd at this point um but i will say what's not tbd um, the next segment and the last segment of the Roofly Speaking Podcast. This thing got these segues. Yeah, we getting good at it. You know what I mean? Shout out to my Rose uh, for the help for the helpfulness. Um, but we're going to go ahead and get into this last segment, which is known as Roofly Speaking. So stay tuned. back with the last segment of the show which is ruefully speaking um uncle judah don what you ruefully speaking on so um i'm ruefully speaking today and this is why this is my soapbox for the week um i am joining with everybody my favorite uncle um big brother kurt franklin to boycott the gospel music gospel music association the Dove Awards, and the Trinity Broadcast Network because they are literally, literally amplifying the erasure of black culture and the contributions of black people literally in the process of sharing the gospel. Here's how. In 2016, Uncle Kirk 
won, I want to say, Gospel Artist of the Year Award at the Dove Awards. And for those of you who don't know, the Dove Awards is um, Christian music Grammys or, um, yeah, Christian music Grammys, while the Stellar Awards are the Grammys for gospel. And we oftentimes see in in almost all of music where we see this dichotomy that splits straight down the middle, the sa- especially in music, the same genre, but splits it down with a different name because it's a different skin color of the performer. So Christian music is often white, while gospel is often black and or people of color. The same thing happens in rock and roll. That's all I'm going to say. You get rock and roll and you get R&B, you know? You got the jazz and you got blues, all of the above. But black people created all of it. And so in 2016, um, Kirk wins the award, brings up the murders of Philando Castile and of Walter Scott, and simply asks that the church, the universal church, would pray for those families and for the families of the offenders. It was edited out in post-production, Kirk calls them out. They make an apology and promise and promise that it wouldn't happen again. Well, it's really funny to me. It's really funny how how short apologies really last and how long and how fast history repeats itself. Because literally just last week in 2019, Kirk brought up the family of Asiana Jefferson. And the family of the offending officer in prayer literally asked the same thing. Please pray for these families, pray for these people because they are struggling. We are all, we have all fallen short. We have all seen some sort of suffering. We have all seen some sort of pain and trauma where we need God to step in literally for us. And he asked for prayer. He's not asking for people to come into their wallets, come into them pocketbooks. He just asked for prayer and they literally edited it out again and made the same promise again. And so Kurt took an extra step and it said, snip, snip, it ain't nothing to cut you hoes off. Um, In the larger picture, this goes into erasure of black people and black experiences from white dominated creative spaces. And so to Uncle Kirk, to Acre, and to any other gospel artist who is joining in this battle, I salute you, I join you, and I thank you for your exemplary example and leadership in showing what it looks like to be a true follower of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And with that, I'm out. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to segue into my weekly speaking. So in another case of the young, restless, and unseasoned education (laughs) version, my special fuck you goes to the Forsyth County School Board of Education. Now, Forsyth County, this is the Winston-Salem area of North Carolina, who decided in a seven-to-one vote to nix the idea of mandatory African-American history class as part of their curriculum. So apparently there were 28 people that signed up to speak to the the idea of actually being in favor of this particular idea, including one council person, um, identification not known. However, this particular board of education is made up of seven white women 
and two black women. So in a seven to one vote, apparently somebody must have abstained from their vote or was it present because, you know, niggas be late or don't show up at all. Maybe couldn't get a babysitter. I don't know. But in a seven to one vote, Becky outvoted Keisha. And here we are once again with black people not being able to be represented in the education sector. So story time real quick. I will say that this is nothing new for myself personally as a student. I literally fought very hard personally to make sure that Black History Month stayed as part of a, revel a relevant part of our curriculum at Grandview High School. Yes, I'm shouting out my alma mater. And I'm giving y'all a little bit of heat because y'all tried to actually diminish Black History Month to, to Multicultural Awareness Week. <laughs> I wish a mother... And I mean, this is coming off the heels of not being able to learn about anything other than Maya Angelou and Martin Luther King Jr. Because Lord knows y'all ain't going to teach the Black Panthers and Malcolm X of that motherfucker. I know that for sure. You, I sure as hell wasn't getting Nikki Giovanni or Sonia Sanchez in that motherfucker. Y'all going to give me the most passive Negroes y'all possibly could. No disrespect to MLK, no disrespect to Maya, but guess what? I understand why the cage bird sings, but I also understand that I want to be able to be like, look, I want to ego trip every now and then. And I damn sure want to learn about Malcolm X. I damn sure want to learn about my history. So in 2019, 20 years from the time that I walked across the stage and got a high school diploma, I surely would hope that we have reached a point where black people, black boys and girls, K through 12, should be able to learn about their history as much as they learn about old dead white men who really didn't have any type of, in, in, as far as I would say, they don't reflect my experience. They sure as hell don't. I don't give a fuck about George Washington and Benjamin Franklin and all these other white people who really don't look like me and don't speak to my experience, but I do care about my black superheroes. Those are people that I want to aspire to be. Those are people I want to learn about because I deserve to because I'm an American and I'm getting an education in the system and I definitely deserve to have representation in this motherfucker. So to the Forsyth County, North, North County School, of, School Board of Education, I say special fuck you and shame on you. And to all other school boards of education, you're put on notice. Make sure that you understand that as many black folks are in your districts and black parents out here that are actually trying to get their kids educated, we want to see ourselves, ruefully speaking. And so with that, I ask you, Uncle Jew, what's next for you? What you got coming up? Um, my birthday, I turned 25. Oh, look at you, my I turned 25 in just a little over a month. Oh, you five and... years away from me, problems, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have those now. Oh, Lord. Okay. I think it's going to be the other knee or my back. Oh, Lord. You can't, 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 you can't. I can't shimmy the way you I used to. You, if I go shimmy. down, I'm going to need some help getting back up. Oh, Lord. Anyway. Um, no, I turned 25 in a little bit over a month. And so my dad got me tickets to go see 85 South Show. All right. Um, all right. If you're going to be at the 85 South Show on November 8th at the Midland, you know, holla at your boy. Hit me with a tweet. Let's laugh and let's, you know, maybe link up for a drink afterwards. I love meeting people. Or you can cash app him or Venmo him Oh, or yeah. On my like, birthday. Please on send my, money. On my birthday, please cash your boy out. Yeah, uh, yeah. We start accepting donations on November 5th because we celebrate for a month into and a month after. It's my birthday all winter long. Amen. 
Um, but other than that, you know, I, I don't really have much going on. What's up with you? I mean, for me, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm staying black and not trying, trying not to die. You know what I mean? I, I'm an old <laughs> black woman out here. You know, ain't a whole lot going on for me. I'm just waiting for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, oh so you know, I, I'm just waiting for Thanksgiving. So oh. you know, I'm just out here trying to work and live and live and work. You know, Ooh. but I say this, y'all. I mean, like, if something does come up, y'all surely will find out on social media for sure, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> grease dressing. We should we should really dead that 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 joke, but anyway. mm. but enough of that, y'all. You name it. Oh, anyway, y'all. We'll see y'all in two weeks. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening in on this episode of Roofly Speaking Podcast. Roofly Speaking Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast brought to you by Afrosheen Productions. Miss Angela Rue is your host. Uncle Judah Don is your co-host. Tierra Montgomery is our head of marketing. Miles Van is our director of photography. Music is composed and produced by Desmond D. Professor Mason. Follow the show on Instagram and on Facebook at Roofily Speaking. That's R-O-U-X-F-U-L-L-Y Speaking. And on Twitter at RuePod. You can follow Miss Angela Rue on all social media at at MZ underscore Angela underscore R-O-U-X. You can follow Uncle Judah Don on Twitter and Instagram at at underscore J-A-L-E-X capital Z-A-N-D-E-R. Stay black, and we'll holler at you in a couple weeks. We out.